Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. What's up? It's your girl Tamara, aka Girl from Harlem. And what's up, everybody? This is Ray Daniels, aka the Culture Referee. And this is the Guy Show. And before we get started, like, subscribe, save. That is super important for us to keep this thing going. If you're enjoying it, share. Send to somebody. Send to a hater. I don't care if they hate on the comments. I don't care. As long as y'all looking and watching and 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 and, is, and feeling something, we appreciate y'all all day about um, producing for movies and how is that different from normal production and storm making? Good question. So they didn't have much money left in the budget. They said, we're going to give you, we got 500000 left. And we was getting fifty to hundred grand a record. So that wasn't, for us to do 21 records, yeah. Harvey was not with it at first. So, so I remember we both decided to do it because we thought this is the movie, right? And Randy Spinlock, <coughs> who is now the head of um, Paramount, hey, I didn't wow. know the play. He got the he got to he got the job as the head of Paramount Music after us doing Dream Girls. He was the music supervisor, mm. and um, so shout out to Randy Spinlove. He he that took him to the next level. Yeah, he's he's a he's a great person, but he was in there with us, and I remember we were only going to spend a few months doing like twenty something songs or something. When it was all said and done, we, it was sixteen months and sixty one songs, not total songs, but sixty one pieces of music. So everything you hear in Dream Girls. We had to shoot, we had to record it, and they had to shoot to that the next day. So sometimes the director would be like, I want the horns to be different than this, so we'd have to wake up at 5 in the morning and do live horns, get in the studio and do that. It's much different than you got kids making records and laptops today. We had to do everything live. So when you're making movies, it's a, it's a much, it's, a, it's, it's, it's different, you know, mm-hmm. whether it's Dream Girls or even the James Brown movie. I'm going to go to that for a second. We did that with um, Chadwick Bowen and... Um, we had to really go in and recreate James's um, music because they didn't have any good recordings of mm. his music. And when you're doing it for movies, it has to be on stage. It has to be Dolby. So we had to recreate the sound of all the James Brown songs for the movie Get On Up. So back to back to Dream Girl. So we do the movie, and um, out the gate, it you know it 
it was a it was a success, and I think we were nominated for Grammys and Golden Globes and Critics Choice Awards. We won that some of that stuff, and we, we were the first producers to have three songs nominated for an Oscar um, at the same time. And we lost to Al Gore's um, speech. Mm-hmm. He did a. Global, 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 global warming. Yeah, we lost to that at the at the Oscar. Whatever. So, but we're <laughs> the first ones to have three songs at the same time. I think nominated at the same time. Is the pay different for movies? Oh, absolutely. So like, tell me about more that. More or less. My first, I think, our first royalty check for Dreamgirls is nine hundred and eighty-seven thousand dollars each. So really, if you round up a million, million dollars, each. Mm-hmm. yeah, and we get Dreamgirls checks today. So instead of the smart play that we did, because Harvey's super smart. If we're gonna do this for five hundred thousand. Y'all got to give us a royalty in the movie. So every time you see Dream Girls come on HBO, run it up. Yeah, tell me twice. So we did that. We did that with all our movies, and we did. Um, I don't know. We I don't know how many. I haven't really added it up, but I think it's twelve to fifteen movies or something like that. If you add them all up, you did straight out of Compton too, right? All the music for it. they didn't have the masters. Oh. So we had to re-record. Um, we had to record all those songs, <coughs> and, and we did that with two of our engineers. Andrew Hay, Harvey, me, and I would go in every morning and record. Actually, you had to record Ice Cube's son. Sorry, I'm not I'm too far. I had to actually go in and record Ice Cube's son's vocals. And Jason Mitchell was the hardest because he had to try to recreate Easy's vocals. And then you had the actor who did Dre. But we had, I had to go in at 8.30 every morning and do that for Straight Outta Compton. And that was another super successful movie. And we did The Pitch Perfects, um, all those movies, and, you know, and this goes on. Okay, I want to ask both of you guys a question because I think that the answer might differ. Um, Ray, why are you smiling like this? Because I'm, we're, it's like the teachers here. We're like more behaved. Okay. Yeah. I'm looking at us be behaved. It's incredible, yes. right? Yeah. You know, I, you know, I heard, I heard one of your other guests. They was talking about who do you compare me to? Can't nobody got, ain't nobody got more movies than us. What? Like JD? Yeah, J- yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> ain't got more movies than the underdogs. Nobody got more movies than y'all. Nah, nah, they ain't did that. What's a movie that you worked on that people probably wouldn't know that what you movie? worked on? Huh? What's the movie you worked on? That's people, I would say people wouldn't believe that. Um, Kung Fu Panda, Shrek the Third. We worked with Eddie Murphy and all those actors and did that stuff. We did um, a movie called Bobby. We did the end title for Harvey Weinstein, and it was Mary J. Blige and um, Aretha Franklin was one of the <coughs> Grammy for that. Um, we did the new, new Sparkle. We were the last ones to work with Whitney. Uh, before she passed away. I met Whitney Houston at y'all's studio. At my studio, yeah. I love that. Um, You said end titles. I heard you mention that before. What exactly is that? The end title is the song at the end of the movie, a big song that plays when the credits roll. It's a big... It's a big big deal. It's a big deal. Because end titles can win you an Oscar, too. And how does that change? Like Rihanna's song should win the Oscar. Yeah, I definitely think that. That's the end title. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's definitely, like, gonna... Be a big thing. I hope she does get it. Um, So the question I wanted to ask both of you are, who's the biggest... Or who's the most important person in the song making process? Can, the I, producer. can, I, can I answer that? I said the producer. Can I say something? Because I, I hear Ray talking. This is really important for every writer and producer to listen to today because I've evolved. When we came up, producers, you know, so producers get a fee, right? Mm-hmm. And writers have to wait usually to get their royalties to get paid, right? But we're not in the, we're not, it's not the same. They're not giving out the same amount of money in publishing deals for writers anymore. So it's, and they're not giving out the same fees for producers anymore. So if you want to have, I'm telling all producers this, if you want to have a solid team and you got a good, great guitar player and a great bass player, let's talk about the music side first. Mm-hmm. And they're working with you, and I got a string guy. So what I'm doing, when I'm writing, I might write the music myself. And music is 50% of the song, so you know. Mm-hmm. A lot of people like to call it producing. It's music. 
I could give, I could write the piano composition, right, and give that to Quincy Jones, and he'd be the producer of it. Yes. So people always try to combine the music part with the production part and just call it the producer. That's what this this generation does that, and I'm fine with that because if I'm making the music, I'm producing. But it. you're a real producer. Though. I'm a real producer. So what I've done is I got. Um, Demonte Posey, my boy Nomad, I got Rodney, and I got Bluetooth. That's my that's my band, right? Mm-hmm. We can all if we need to do something for a movie, <clears throat> if I need to get live stuff played on things, I'll send them what I've written, and I'm gonna give them songwriting credit because it's just it's, it gives them incentive to to write their part on there, right? Instead of being greedy, most musicians would be like, just play on that, here's $500, I'm not going to give you no publishing. But my guitar player, by the time he gets done, he's going to make that song a different song. So I think we have to be fair to the musicians, and producers need to pay the songwriters. When you get a fee, you should share that fee. You know, if you're a big producer like me or JD, then maybe you give, you take half of that fee, you take the other half and let the other writers break it up. I am breaking up the money. If there ain't enough money, we can break it up even. But but, but it's an important factor that is that you guys get your fee. Yeah, we get our like, fee. No, no, I'm saying, you know, you guys get enough where you you can break off yeah, 10K breaking, to a writer and it don't hurt. It I'm, don't break, hurt I'm breaking fee. it off every time. Now. I got, I got my, my main guy. I have a few writers that I work with, but Felly, the voice that shout out to yeah, Felly. Shout out to Felly. We got to bring Felly on. And he's like out trying to outright everybody right now. He's the new baby face to me. Mm. So other than Tehran is no, that's fine. No, hey, yeah, he's coming up, you know. Let me tell you something. One thing about me, I never get offended. No, it, no, no, no. Tehran, I'm just saying though, but I'm like, like some with, people will hear you say that and be like, motherfucker. No, nah, with all like due that. respect, Tehran is Tehran. We both love Tehran. So yeah, for anytime sure. me and Felly can get in with Tehran, we're gonna do it. Tehran is sure. amazing. So sure. he is the today's baby face, if you want to call it that. Somebody so. Had to be it. so Ray, you didn't answer the question. I said the producer. I mean, the producer's the end all be all. The producer decides who's in the room. Yeah. Uh, uh, the music, everything, the producer. That's the most important person on the song. I think outside of the artist to me. Okay, think, I'm like, so, so, just so no, 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 no. What I'm saying, okay, so what I'm saying is that <clears throat> the producer has to bring it out of you. Yeah. Every Whitney record, she's not performing vocally the same on. Yeah. So the producer might say like, like Whitney's vocal performance on is not right, but it's okay. She's like talking in front of night. You and your boys want not. She that was a producer that was like, nah, we not. You're not blowing on this song. You going and believe it or not, I think that's Lashawn and Harvey on that record. So yeah, um, they were working with Rodney. Of course, Rodney's the mm-hmm. producer, but that was his team at the time. So mm-hmm. back to what you back, back to your question about the producers. We got to deal with the mood swing of everybody in the room, and that's that can be tough. Like you gotta you got certain people people certain they might show up late. They might do this. I, you got to be able to get the song done at the end of the day. So that could be the most important person. I never thought about it like that, but we I got to be there no matter what. I got to be there on time. I got to be there at the end. I got to be there when Negroes leave. I got to be there to turn it in and deliver a record. When I come to him and give him a record, he don't care about the other four writers on it. He cares about you bringing this record to me, and it better be a hit record. And that's the bottom line. Exactly, because I met Damon as an A&R, and when I brought in the artist – he kind of took over. I would just say this, this, and he would, he would say, I'm going to do an idea like, some, like this. I'm going to say, oh, that's dope. Yeah. But it was, but he was a conductor. Did you come into the game with that type of confidence or where'd you learn that from? Yeah, I've been making records since I was 13. So I started playing piano when I was five. God has been good to me. It's a blessing. Where are you from originally? Kansas City, Missouri. Kansas City. Go on to Kansas Chiefs. City. I don't know anything about Kansas City. So you had a good music program in school. How'd you get into piano and stuff? I just could play. 
already at five. So my mom, my grandmother said, you, you need to get that baby some lessons. Mm-hmm. Tell my mom that. And I, that's a gift. You know, like some people, you have musicians. What I've learned, if you have certain musicians who are, who are taught, I took lessons and all of that, right? You have certain musicians who, are, um, who take lessons, and they're, they're like machines. If you put sheet music in front of them, that's what they play. There's mm-hmm. a, whole different, a whole different thing in a person who can create music. Mm-hmm. Guys who can, there's guys who will play circles around guys who can write songs, but they can't write songs. There's a huge difference in that, you know. Um, Babyface is one of our best songwriters. As a musician, Jimmy and Terry, or Jimmy Jam is one of the baddest piano players. He's mm-hmm. tough. And then you think about Prince, who can play everything really, really, really well. He played, he's self-taught too. Self-taught. So it, it com- that, that's a gift when you're able to co- um, compose and create that composition because a lot of people just think of lyric and melody as the writer of the song. The mu- you got to have a you got to have a canvas, and if you don't have music that has love in it that moves this way or moves this way, then it's not it's whatever the writer's writing may not feel right. It, all of it has to be combined to make you know a hit record to me. I like the way you put that. That was a really good way to word it. Um, in your previous interview, you said that. Um, you refer to someone as a trash writer, but how do you separate good writers? I know her name now. Oh, Lord, I didn't know. What was her name? Tiffany Fred. You can't <laughs> just going to say the name. Yes. No. Yeah, yeah, because she tried to friend. trash my man. Like, Tiffany I'm, my For friend. the record, for the record. Tiffany's <laughs> face. Tiffany, my friend. Hey, man, for the record, the underdog stopped in 2016, but I'm not going to let you just trash my dude. That's my legacy. You know what I mean? Like you, whatever you know, you whatever deal you sign, you sign. She's trash. Bro. My question was, well, I put that on there, but I'm telling <laughs> okay. you, she's absolute trash. My question is, how do you decipher what a good writer is from a bad writer? She's the worst writer I ever met. Not, not. All right, she became <laughs> good later, but the problem is, is you know what makes you a bad writer? What is when you bite the hand that feeds you. If we gave you a check and an opportunity, you don't get to go run around and trash people after that. You accepted that. You don't act like you don't know when you couldn't pay your bills or wipe your butt. And you took that check, and you needed that to get your gas in your car and eat. You don't get to go talk trash about us. We 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 opened up a platform, and there's a lot of millionaires that came from the underdogs. Mm-hmm. And I just won't accept people talking trash no more. I'm not doing it. I'm I think that that's really that. what defines your legacy. Yeah. How many people were able to come under you and be successful? Yeah, we made a lot of people successful. They didn't have to pay for no studio time. Our our overhead was thirty five, fifty grand a month. Mm-hmm. None of them paid one dime. Okay, so we're not gonna figure out an exact distinction yeah. from a good writer. I'm sorry, that's your so let's can t- we can we spark no, 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 no. Yeah, first of all, right. first of all, first of all, this this sh- we, what we do is rooted in truth. Yeah, I just I forgot that you said something about a writer, and then when she brought it up, I was like, it just caught me off guard. I don't know. I know Tiffany as like an activist. I don't know as a writer. Well, the activist is on Harvey's neck. No, I know, but she you know. she's not she's not only on Harvey's neck. She's on everybody. Who she in the music industry? Who she think takes advantage of creatives? I think that we go through. I think there there's levels to it. You know, Barry Gordy owned all the publishing in Motown. Yeah, right? but but hold on, let me get. Let me no, no, I, no, I, no, 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 no. First of all, I'm I'm not gonna. I'm agreeing I, with you. I think we evolved into people having more freedom and all of that. But we just did what was for the cycle at the time. But we we, we gave out deals that Universal gave us to give out pe- to people. But 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 I gotta say something. I'm I'm gonna remove music from it. Okay. You don't see people like people that play in the league in the '90s in the in the, in the NBA in the '90s mad at the guys that are getting paid today. You do, yeah, you do. They're not mad. No, they're not. No, no, no. They're not hating. They're not like. 
Boo. You know what I mean? Like, only person I know does that is Shaq, right? Okay, can I say something? No, 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 but let me finish, let me finish what I'm saying. <laughs> okay, but I Historic, hear you going no, with no, it. No, 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 but no, it's, it's a point to it. Historically, things will get better. Yeah. That's how life works. Yeah. Like, you have to walk so someone can run. So, I do have a problem with people who complain about things that happened 15 years ago compared to what's happening now because now times are different. Right. That's all I was going to say. Can I say something else? Of course. Well, if we're going to really put the blame on somebody, we got to put the blame on your old best friend. I don't know if he's still your best friend, Kevin Hall, because I told him not to sign <laughs> Tiffany Fred. And Kevin oh. Hall absolutely signed. That's her, him and Harvey gave her that deal. This, I didn't want to sign her. I didn't no, want but nothing but to but do but, that, but but that's important. Yes. That's important. Yeah, I didn't want nothing to do with. It. I don't want her speaking my name on it. I haven't heard her say your name. Yeah, yeah. I don't think she do. Don't. I don't think because I we, we cool like. But that. she'll say the underdogs. Don't say that because I'm the other half of that. You can say I don't even want to really mention. I don't think Harvey tied her up in the room and said sign this deal. All right. So Tiffany aside, okay. how do we? Distinguish. What's <laughs> a good songwriter? No, I'm not. No, no, honest, but you're my bro. brother. I'm your brother. And now that like I want, I want you, dog. So it's the thing. I just, <laughs> I just I, didn't know. I think I it's think, good though. I it's good. Oh, how do you listen? You it is great. Saying. You know what she was supposed to Man, do? JD came <laughs> in here and set this fucking shit on fire. <laughs> I believe that she walked. She came in and got on Jennifer Hudson's first album, which was nominated. Maybe we got a Grammy for it or something. Maybe like take that and go build off of that. Don't go take. Don't don't be mad at, at the people who got you at least pack to first you know pass the home plate. I do say this. You gotta win. I do say this. What? I, <laughs> <laughs> no, no. What was hard? <laughs> this is, okay. No, no. Let me say something. <laughs> A lot of people blame creatives and middlemen, and what I mean by middlemen is is that the underdogs, and this is not me blaming nobody. Let's be clear. Okay. The like. Because I've had writers sign that signed to me that wasn't happy. Right. And I let them out their deal. But I'm not, I'm not going to act like I knew what was in that deal. I'm not going to, like, the terms that we use. Like, I let her out her deal. No, 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 no. Him, his, By the way. Say, no, no, here's what I'm saying. No, this is what I'm saying. This is what I'm saying. If there are only a few people in the music business that can dictate terms, if I have a label deal with Warner Records, there's only so much I can do. Right. They put the money up. They they dictate the terms, right? Period. So a lot of the times it's misguided anger because you're mad at the underdogs for just basically behaving and doing music and behaving in the music business the way the under y'all didn't have no choice when you had I had this I had the same partnership. That's why I only think it's fair to blame Kevin Hall. Shout out to Kevin Hall. I like, I only, I like Kevin. No, no, Hall. I love Kevin Hall, but I don't think it's fair to blame Kevin Hall. I'm, I'm not no, saying no, 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 okay. no. I'm saying I'm with you, bro. I'm with you, um, Damon. I'm just saying that, dog. When you, if you mad at Generation Now, you gotta also be mad at Atlantic because Generation Now doesn't dictate all their terms completely. They are the they are the intermediary. You're right. between Atlantic, Atlantic, and the artist, and they get a cut. But at the end of the day, they can't say like if you sign the Rick Ross label, Rick Ross can't say I'm gonna give you ten million dollars. All you gotta do is give me ten percent. Because if his deal is with Warner, they're going to say, no, we're giving them $10 million and we're not taking 10%. We take 20% distribution fee. We take this much point, and he's going to get this many points. Let me ask you a question. I'm a, That's I'm the a, music business, though. Am I right on, or wrong? I'm going to put it on me. When I signed my deal with Kenny, right, what was the number? 150000 Oh, 75000 75000 Guess what he told me I had to do? Write my way out of it. Do you mm -hmm. think I got mad at him? 
Do you think I was? Do you, have you ever heard me say anything? So let me say something. Negative I want to say something. I've been in the music business going on eighteen years. Yeah, and I've seen people who the business wasn't that good to, and those people hate the business, hate the people in it, hate. And mind you, I was in a publishing deal with my guys, and I managed. We was in a publishing deal for ten years. Didn't know the deal wasn't good till like six years in. Right. Because we was just like, we can't believe somebody gave us a check, and we took that check, and we just you made it work. we made it work. What I'm saying you at today. I, I agree, but what I'm saying is, is that that's my point. I'm saying <laughs> is that, but you don't see too many people who have made it work like you did or like I did that are popping shit. You know what? The I did people too? that usually pop shit are the people that came into the game, tried, and then get, and it wasn't good to them. Let me tell you what I did. Like, like there are some women that you might have dealt with, or I might have dealt with, that are like, man. I love Ray. We don't deal with each other no more, but I fuck with him. Then there's some who are like, fuck him. I hate him. I hope, and it's like, bruh, I treated y'all both the same. It's just one, one and one loss. And the one that lost is usually the one that hates people. And I don't know the situation to y'all and Tiffany Fred, but I do understand her perspective. Her perspective is, is that these are predatory deals. I know her perspective on everything, but my thing is, is that you can't blame the underdogs. No. Because all they did was give you an opportunity that someone gave them. Right. So what I'm saying to you, it was a Rondor situation, universal. And um, look, some people made, made, James Fauntleroy is wealthy. Period. So either you, take, either you take that route or you take the route I did with, with Kenny. I was signed to Kenny. I went through three baby terms. Face. Baby face. I went through three terms. From 97, by, two, by 2000, I went to Big John and Jody and got $3 million. And I kept getting $3 million and kept on recouping because I kept on working. But that's what I'm saying. So the people, what you got to do is you got you to write writers. If you sign Producers a publishing too. deal, write your way through it. Stop complaining. If I agree. You, if you, hey, look, if the house is on fire, you need to be writing a song so you can build the next house. I never expected nobody to help me. And I... That's why we got through our stuff. I remember somebody looked at our deal and they said, you're going to be in this deal forever. And I remember thinking, I thought that's what was the point. You're never in a deal forever no, no. if you write songs. No, no, no. But you get out of the MD, M, MDRC deals. That's I had we, that. I know, but that's what we were in. Yeah. And it was like, he was like, you're not going to get out of it. So when I, mind you, when I figured out what that was, I'm like, damn, that's fucked up. This is what, this is what I'm going to say. I, I'm, I'm grateful for what, <laughs> what Kenny did. Kenny and um, Edmonds. Tracy at the time. I'm grateful for what Big John and Jody did for me at EMI. And I was able to take that and build a legacy called Listen, the Listen, let me tell you something. You give a winner and a losing hand, they're going to find a way to win. You give a loser a winning hand, he's going to find a way to lose. That's just the way the world works. Yeah. And maybe Tiffany is better served as an activist than she is as a songwriter. Right. Some people come into the game as artists and then realize... I don't want to be an artist no more. I want to be a manager or I want to be an A&R. Like, so I, but I just would say don't blame the guys that are in the middle because yeah. when you have a deal, which I had this, I, 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 I probably had the same deal you had because I had a joint venture with the yeah, same company. The same and when you do a deal, I can't just be like, Tamir, you're dope. I'm giving you a million dollars. They're like, that's not, we, 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 can, we can do that on our can own. Can I say something in all fairness? Go ahead. You know what they did? They said, okay, you guys brought us James. We got to give him $2 million. I had to sign off on it every time. We kept giving it. Yeah. I got to so, write that inside of me right now. She, today. She, she, she about to so get a big you, check, and it, I had to it, sign it, off on it. It could be in my opinion that she's not a great songwriter, but what was James? What did he do? He James, put the points on James the is different. 
I'm, just, I'm saying to you, he was able to go get the. He took advantage of Universal. This is what he did. But she also. He, but hold on. But he also. But hold she, on. But she's also a woman. Okay. And there are certain things. No, no, I'm for real. There are oh. certain things that women have to go through in this business that men don't. Oh, okay. Can I say like, something about like, that? We like never, producers. We weren't, we weren't, like, have, hold on. Have you ever been at the table with a, 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 a female producer that was like, yo, I'll put you on this album, but you got to fuck me? But Has that ever happened to you? But I've never told <laughs> Has that ever happened to you? No. Exactly. But that I've happens never, to women. Also, we never, Harvey and I both, we weren't the kind you of guys. You didn't do it, but yeah, that doesn't do mean that. that that wasn't the experience. That wasn't her experience. Not with she kind of, not with you, maybe, but she, I've seen her tell stories of producers saying to her, "Why you don't have your tits out today?" She's like, "Why does that?" Oh, a- I never did. I don't that's do my that. point. So, so I'll say this to producers who do that: that's that's horrible. That's sucker shit. Yeah, like you got to think about. First of all, keep your. Um, this is what like, my advice to songwriters and producers: you never see me in the studio hugged up with somebody we working with. I just don't. I don't do it. Some people do it, and it's okay. I've seen it work. I've seen it not work. When I'm working on music, I'm trying to I'm trying to create and, and, and make magic. I'm not trying to get, I can go get But there are some dudes who are predators. Okay. And she has a problem with the predators. Have you been around the bar? Have you been around me and Harvey? Are we both I friends? just said you're not like that. Right. Okay. But I'm saying, dog, let me tell y'all something. So what I think what's happening. I, I just want to tell I'll tell you something. <laughs> Hear me out. Yeah. I want to say something. It's important. I cause I cause I feel like you're defending yourself rather than understanding. Okay. In this game. Some people get abused. I remember being signed. My group was signed to Convict. Yep. I remember they played with us. Like, I don't know if it was on purpose. I'm not here to say it was on purpose. Sometimes in a business, you just ain't got time, and you tell somebody what they need to hear. And I remember, I remember they played with us, and then I fought my way in as a manager. Like, that's how we got our record deal. We didn't get our record deal because Akon, we signed the Akon, and Akon took us to Interscope. That's not what happened. Right. We signed the Akon, and Akon told us, y'all are going to get y'all deal after Ray Lavender album drops. And I was like, and everybody in the room was like, okay. And I was like, that don't fucking make sense. So you mean to tell me that I got to, what if his album don't drop? Do I never get my deal? So Akon was like, well, if you don't believe me, you know, you want to come to L.A. with me, come to L.A. with me. And I was like, okay. And you went. Oh, no, he thought I was saying, okay, I believe him. I was like, okay, book the flights to L.A. Yeah. And he flew us to L.A. It was like we walked in a room full of all these huge industry, industry executives, and Akon disappeared. He's fucking Akon. He's the biggest artist in the world. He disappeared. You're lying. That's, I'm telling the honest <laughs> truth. He disappeared in the room. What did I do? Did I sit in the corner and be like, damn, he fucked us? No. I saw somebody I knew. Hey, I know you. How you doing? She was like, good. And we was like... And Timothy was like, yo, when you, you going to visit the Virgin Islands? And she was like, if I had an artist from the Virgin Islands, I would visit. I said, you want us? And she was like, what? What do you mean? I, y'all are with Akon, right? I'm like, yeah. She said, well, Akon has another A&R. That's Tubby. I said, you want to be our A&R? She was like, yeah, I want to. Okay, cool. You are A&R. That's nuts. Literally, got in a, Akon found us like three hours later. <laughs> like, yo, we, got a, it was, we, was, we landed at like 12 p.m. and left L.A. on the red eye. Akon found us. Yo, y'all ready to go? Yeah, we ready to go. Get in the car. Man, I told y'all, man, it ain't time for y'all. Nah, real talk. I told y'all, man, y'all gonna have to wait. Nah, nah, nah. No, no, no. We talked to Erica Grayson. Erica Grayson said she'll be our A&R. Okay, okay. That's, I know. And he said, yeah. And he said, I said, that's cool, right? He said, yeah, that's cool. I text Erica. Akon said it's cool. That's how our deal got done. Then Erica went to Jimmy and said, Akon got a group signed a convict. Then I remember... Finally getting the deal done and being in the room 
with Akon and the whole crew. By the way, Akon and they're all my family. They're my niggas. But I call bullshit. And they liked me because I called bullshit. Right. And I remember being in the room and they was like, yo. It was like, okay, he finally made it in the room. You one of us now. What you think I said? No, the fuck I'm not. <laughs> if I was one of y'all, I, would, I wouldn't have to fight to get in this motherfucker. Right. Y'all didn't. I, well, so, I'm in here. So the, I'm in here. So now let's get the business. We can switch situations. But I'm, but I'm just you, saying. I'm going to tell you the difference in that situation. No, no, I'm just saying that imagine if I, Akon had about 50 artists signed to him. And I remember seeing artists over the years, and they would be like, man, that motherfucker Akon, man, he fucked us, da-da-da. I never felt that way. Maybe he was trying to fuck me over. Maybe he was trying to bullshit me. But I didn't let him. Right. And, and that's why we here. My- and every time you put a fucking task in front of my face, I was going to call bullshit. Right. And I feel like as your friend, you shouldn't have a problem with me calling bullshit. Because, nigga, it was bullshit. Well, this is what I'll say. What we did offer... Is you had who did he tell you he met at our studio? Whitney Houston. Whitney Houston. But everybody was at your studio. So if you're a songwriter and you're watching Chris Brown, Whitney Houston, everybody you could think of, we work with them. They're there weekly, right? As a songwriter, as a female, shouldn't you be trying to hit them targets? Yeah, but here's the thing: she never hit the target. But it wasn't. We're gonna move on from. I'm just saying, but she. No, no, it's not about Tiffany. This He's is big. No, no, no. This is bigger than Tiffany. It. This is how you. He's this is the business we are in. Yeah. And Tiffany is just an example that we Damon used. But this is the business we are in. Yeah. I see so many people mad at people for how shit turned out. Right. Bro, nobody in this business was dealt a perfect hand. Do you know uh, you one? Got, yeah. Do you know somebody that was dealt a perfect no. hand? Nobody was. The ones that win are the ones that get through the bullshit. And the ones that lose is the ones that find a problem. So some people see challenges, other people see problems. Every time somebody put a, a problem in front of me, I saw it as a challenge, and I took it on as a challenge, and I fucking won. Yes. That was it. It's not, this is, first of all, the music business is way easy to get in now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Back then, you had to know somebody. Yeah. And I was a guy. Like you said, we was Clive's guys. Yeah, y'all was Clive's guys. Period. I was a guy. Nobody wanted to fucking help me or my guys from the Virgin Islands. I took it. Every chance I got. Yep. And I will do it again. And I ain't never complained when I lost. And I never fucking celebrated when I won. Because I didn't look at it like that. Look, if you're a songwriter and you find yourself in a situation like with Ray and Teron, right? You see, they putting points on the board everywhere. If I'm mm-hmm. part of Radar, I'm trying. I'm asking Ray, what you got, what you got going this week? Mm-hmm. If I'm a new songwriter. Because I'm going to try to do all I can to end up on one of them projects. Mm-hmm. And the ones that do, do. Win. And the yes. ones that don't, sit in the corner. Yes. And they find people and they talk shit about you. But people with low vibrational people attract low vibrational people. They do. I when believe that. I don't want, if you talking negative shit <laughs> you around know what me. I call it? Tell me. I used to call it this. You got to stay away from, from people that are in the come up quick. The people in the come there's the people who are successful. Teron's successful. Mm-hmm. I'm successful. Then you got niggas that's trying to make it. Mm-hmm. If, you, if, if you get caught up in that. It's, it's not yeah, you know what I'm saying? But then you, got, then you got people who are complete finessers. Yes. And they are in the room trying to add a word here or there I to get them, a piece. I call them court reporters. Yeah. And and the. They just yeah. and and the. They don't really and do and nothing. The. So, well, let's talk about that for a minute. <laughs> okay. Because you say, I know Teron has this thing where split should be fair if everybody's in the room. I got a problem with and and the people in the room. I'm not giving you. We're not letting them in the room, though. Okay, I got, yeah. Oh, no, we're not letting them in the room, though. Yeah, yeah. The but, what I'm, but what I'm saying is, is that, I'm just saying is that, bro, you got to be able to weed out the bullshit. See, you are a producer. So let me tell you what you know while you're in the room. You know, I don't give a fuck. 
how many writers is going to be on this record. When they want to buy the record, who are they going to have to pay? Hmm. Exactly. I had a writer. So that means I had to clock at the whole room. Who, right, right. Who in here? Who, who doing what? Who? Yeah. Okay, cool. Because I knew that the only way I can have the audacity to ask you to get paid is if my guy brought more than anyone else. Yeah. And that's why nobody had a problem paying us. I don't work with N and the people. Yeah, I got it. That's what I'm I'll saying. I'll catch one sometimes. Yeah, but you're a producer. I, 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 but I, I, even as a producer, you don't give a fuck. Hey, you don't care as yeah. a producer. You don't care. You know why? Because when they want to pay for the record, they are calling you. Right. They are not calling the songwriter unless they respect that songwriter or they respect that songwriter's manager enough to have the respect. But most songwriters don't have that respect. I got a question. Okay. So you got you mentioned Hot 100 you, Records I love before, you too, man. Hey, you got to edit the Tiffany Fritz. No, no, segment. this is good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, you I think it'll make for good. No, no, no. Like, this is, let me tell you why this is good. Wow. This is good because, no disrespect, because Tiffany's my girl, but Tiffany ain't editing. Tiffany is telling her truth. Okay, well, that's my truth with it. And, yeah. and, t- and I'll, sh- I'll tell her, by the way, because she'll be like, I-, I can't wait to hear it so I can do a video <laughs> responding. Yeah, I'll kill her. I know, t- I know she is. I know Tiffany. Okay, yeah. so y'all talked about being like Clive's people and people kind of back in the day only working with who they were like able to work with. I no, no, not who they were able. Listen, how does that work? Yeah, that's so what I want to know. So we talked about opportunity. We were Clive's guys. He gave right. us the biggest. I got a list of the song. It wouldn't last <laughs> for so long. It's the longest song deal ever. Like, it's I heard crazy. that. I heard. I heard I that. I got, it. I, got a, I got a spreadsheet of it. But like, and if you look at the numbers, because it's got everybody's songs next to it, it's crazy. But not. But it's. But if you somebody's guy, that just means that like Cash Money had Manny Fresh. Yeah. And then when Manny Fresh had the workload, they got Jazzy Faye. Yeah. Clive had the Underdogs. Yeah. Jimmy had Timberland. Timberland might have and Dre and Polo and, yeah. and, and, and Pharrell. Yeah. LA had Tricky in the Dream. Like everybody had some guys. their guys. Also, now that now every, now everybody worked with everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Ryan. you just knew when you made your. You, it's <laughs> like you know what it's like. Let me tell you what it's like. When it's time to run your business, and you need a million dollars for your overhead for your company, you calling your guy, your Clive. We got a building. We want to get. We need this, this, and this. And Clive's gonna be like, "I got you. Let's do a song deal. Let's do a label deal. Yeah. And and you All guys right. are gonna give me your best song. So when they make their best records." Clive hears them first. If they made a record and Jimmy got it before Clive, we got a problem. Oh, we got a whole problem. Now, 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 now if Clive got it first, then, and he passed on it, Jimmy got it, cool. Now, it's not like it's written in stone. It's not like he's like. Yeah, but Clive's going to be like, why did I hear that hit? Yeah, no it's not question. like he's, but he's going to, it's like. No question. Hey, bro, why the fuck you, why you playing it for me we first? We ended up with a song deal with Jimmy, with L.A. Yeah, but your song deal with Jimmy came, and L.A. came after Clive. When well, y'all made y'all yeah. best records, who's y'all first person y'all called? They, they all went to Clive. That's what I'm saying. And then Clive had to pass. Like when, like Polo, but Polo tells a story of, first of all, it's better for your business. Polo yeah. always tell the story about when he did the, um, the record, uh, Hot Toddy, I think, yeah. for Jimmy wanted it. And Clive wanted it too. And he was like, I'm giving it to Jimmy. And Ch- Clive, I think they gave him like $250,000 for that record for Usher. Because he was like, I got my guy. I'm going to always give him the best deal. Because when I need, when Polo wanted his house, Jimmy was like, let's get the house. When Rodney won his yeah. house, Jimmy, won, when they want something, that's what you mean by your guy. It's just tricky. Red zone. That nice studio over there? L.A. L.A. I got y'all. So that's what you mean by your guy. LA's, and L.A. and face guy was Azoff. What was Clive? No, no. It was Azoff. Azoff gave him the money to move here. Clive right. came later. Yeah, Clive came later. Yeah, but it was Azoff. Azoff so was the guy. Clive ended up having Diddy, us, and L.A. and Baby. Yeah. We were the Good last resume. ones, yeah. 
Um, you spoke about writing records that um, make the most money. Does that affect the authenticity of a record? I was so I'm the I'm I'm the champion for the creators. Everybody clap their hands. Oh, I yeah. love it. <laughs> that's why that's why I get so mad when people try to talk mess because I will run through fire for a creative, and I've had personal conversations with people to try to help them. And you know, I got a creative in the room; he know it. So the thing is, is for me, um, you know, are you good to creatives? Why? Because you had a great experience with one. Yeah, face. Oh yeah, yeah. I had a. That's break. my point. Yeah, yeah. Usually, but so, imagine if you your first deal, you got fucked. You got yeah. dog. You, all your publishing was gone. All you probably you probably be right here on the, on the rampage too. You nah, had a good deal on. I'm saying you I had did. a great experience. Yeah, yeah I had a great When you could tell when somebody has a good daddy. I was and a good working mama. at the time. You could tell, you could tell when somebody mama look, is a mother. Like your listen, mama got to be a motherfucker. I was definitely working at the nicest studio in Los Angeles. Yeah. Way. And you had to walk through the hallway with four hundred thousand plaques. Yeah. You had to like you couldn't go in there thinking you was good. It was man. intimidating. It was intimidating. So I knew I wanted to get. That. I got that wall now. I got that many plaques, so I had to go get that. Ray got it in his house now. I'm so proud of Ray. Let's yeah. clap for Ray and Toronto and they plaques. Yes, I love it. So the question is, like, Harvey's a straight businessman. He's creative, too, but businessman first, and that was the great thing with us, right? So for me, I would be like, man, we can't get that song where he would sell a song to somebody in two seconds. I was the balance in keeping. <laughs> no, we can't get that one of this one. We got to hold on to this, right? And let's give it to that person, you know. Um, and like for instance, I, we talked about No Air. I said we ain't putting Jordan Sparks on Jordan, on No Air without Chris Brown. No. I said there's no deal. And they told me you're gonna lose your song deal the job. I said, well, we just won't have a song deal the job if y'all can't put. But I also knew we had Take You Down. You did coming. Take You Down on Chris. Yeah, yeah, they was running up the chart at the same time. I knew Take You Down was coming out. I said I need this to come out at the same time because I knew mm. Clyde was gonna put out. Um, I mean, um, Job was gonna put out No Air. You a bad yeah. motherfucker. You ever I, feel I, like that? I'm, I'm man. We we the same. <laughs> we are the same. <laughs> I'm saying you're about like they don't know. Can you give a? Can you just run down some of the records you've done for Tamira? For Tamira, I know it all. Okay, so um, I'll go down for you. Let's say these are the times. Drew Hill, that's Babyface. Me and Babyface, never gonna let you go. Um, those are my first two number ones. Never gonna let you go. Faith, Faith Evans, and then we did a song for Pink called Most Girls. We made more money than both of those songs because the song ended up being in a toy, right? Wait. So that was we broke Pink. I got a question about that because you had mentioned like Hot 100 songs versus R&B songs. Oh, it's different. Yeah, why? Tell me about it. So you got you got R&B songs, which is the Lavender chart. It used to be. I don't know. <laughs> Lavender chart. The Hot 100 is always. They, here, this is that what sounds I, mean. This is my problem, though. For real, <laughs> this is my this is my thing. The Billboard. Why can't we have an R&B chart, a hip hop chart? Why do we got to combine us black people all in one chart? I got an issue with that, right? So you have the, it used to be just R&B, and then hip-hop is strong, really. So you, it should be set. Hip-hop is also instant. It is. R&B take, R&B is like, R&B is, R&B is the food that you bake. Hip-hop is fast food. So so if you think about those two songs, those songs songs were out a few months before they went number one. They had to cook. They had to be on the radio. They took time. It was a different time, though. Um, Way different. Now, you got to, by the time you put a song out, you got to put another one out in a month. You know, you got to keep on releasing. And you got to learn how to, now, more than anything, you got to know how to be Part of being an artist is not just music. You got to know how to stay relevant. Yeah. Like, SZA hasn't dropped the album in how many years, but she always knew how to stay relevant. Yeah, she's always been here making something. You're going to know something. Mm-hmm. Her record with Future on Khaled's Future album, I love. Yeah, yeah. Same, with, same with Lizzo. Lizzo knows yeah. how to keep herself relevant, yeah. re- whether or not it's a, it's, she's in album cycle or not. Okay, so you refer to yourself as a 
three generation producer. How has producing changed over the course of those three generations? A whole lot. Let me tell you how. So when I started, and I was eighteen. I mean, I started before that. But you used to have a Jerry curl, by the way. Yeah, I had that. <laughs> I need a picture of this. Yeah, I look like maybe. Can face. we have it like? Put the <laughs> like maybe face, maybe face. Yeah, I, had, <laughs> I had the same cup. We gonna we can. I'll give you a picture. Y'all can put it on this thing and just break it in there. But actually, um, actually, actually, like I said, I, I kind of, I kind of feel bad for you for one thing. What? Because of who your ex wife is, people diminish. No, I'm for real. People diminish. Try to people don't acknowledge who the fuck you are. Man. And no, no, real talk. No, it's not. You don't have to respond to that because this is like some friendship. Like, yeah. I know you are a goat. I know you are that. But then it's like, oh, he was married to such and such. It's like, bro, like that. You are in the business of being quiet and making hits. That's what you're. The, that's the business of. Yeah. And you just so happen to be married to someone who was in the business of being loud the best way they can. That's how they made their money. Right. So like, so so, so crazy is how people refer to you as. I'm like, do y'all know the fuck? Dog, underdogs had the best studio. They were like a university. Yeah. For 16 years. For years, dog. Like, the best studio in, in the Valley, the best creative space, dog. When I was working at Epic, I would go to the... I would do meetings from the Underdog Studio. I out. would just go hang out. And Damon was the centerpiece of that. Because Harvey was, like, the... He was the buttoned-up guy who was all about, like, getting shit done. And Damon was the guy who, as soon as you walked in, he was breakdancing on you. And you was like... Yeah. And he was like, let's make some hits. And he was... Not and all he, that. Yeah, so for, I just always <laughs> want to say, because it's like, bro, like, I just wish that people, like... It's like, you the shit, man. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. I got to say that. Okay, so back to how it's changed over the past So how it's changed years. over the years. I remember, um, I'm going to talk about an A&R person, a legendary guy, Lou Silas Jr. And I remember trying to get in the meeting. He worked for MCA Records, which is now Universal Records. Mm -hmm. He got some history. So Lou Silas did Don't Be Cruel album for um, Bobby Brown. He was a huge executive. If you watched the New Edition movie, he did the New Edition stuff. I remember being out, going outside in 1989 with a cassette tape to go try to play our songs for, and I was already signed to Uptown MCA with the group with Andre Harrell, but I still want, I want, I wanted to be a producer, so I wanted to get on the Bobby Brown next Bobby Brown album. So we would go out there with our tapes, and we would send, we would literally put our demos of songs in FedEx packages, and I'm sorry, in every week, send out tapes. That's that's how you try to get your your demos heard, and then. Um, Ray Parker Jr. discovered me second. Ray Parker uh, Jr. sung Ghostbusters, right? Yeah, he's, he made like Who $100 million dollars off of one song. That's just legendary, oh, wow. right? <laughs> he's very wealthy and still a good friend. But he stuck me in a room, and there was tape machines and the SSL, and that's how I learned how to use everything. And I, and I, um, I did a pub deal with him. It was a light one at the time. And we did that, and we worked, and I had my first deal with the group with the artist, uh, his name was Jesse Powell, and there were some other guys. Jesse just passed. Um, he was a great friend. You did friend. you? I didn't do you. I didn't, oh, do, you. Oh, okay. I didn't do you, but he, um, he just passed away this year. Great friend, but we did a deal with Clive Davis. You didn't know this. This is uh -oh. history. So that my first record deal, my second record deal, is an artist, not just a producer, because I thought I was going to be Teddy and can't even <laughs> be the producer of it, was with Clive Davis. And then to circle back years later to end up the underdogs making their deal with Clive Davis. He remembered me from back when I was a kid, wow. and um, I grew up and was making hits. And he said, "I need, we need that, run that." So, and then we did. That's how we started the Underdogs. But back then, we had to record everything on tape, and um, wasn't no Pro Tools, wasn't no Auto Tune. Auto Tune was not. You had to actually produce. You had to actually make sure a person sang mm -hmm. on key. Mm -hmm. I remember in that first meeting with Clive, 
he played I will always he played I will always love you for me I think by Whitney Houston from, like yeah, before it came out before it came out ruined me because I thought she was in the room and because the speakers came on and you heard that voice and it messed me up but, you know <laughs> and um I was just thinking this is awesome you know and to later be able to work with David Foster and be able to work with Babyface, who both contributed to that album, which I think is so like 60 million albums or something, something today. You know, so like being able to work with those kind of guys and have them work with you and work on your craft, it's different. Kids are really literally using FL and dragging audio that's pre-programmed and making tracks with it and having hit records. So it's different. And I think it always evolves. I think there's always room for the live musicality or more things music there's also room for that that because i like i like everything i love all music and that's how you become old by saying all that shit they doing ain't cool it's cool because niggas is loving it so you gotta you gotta always evolve music is music you know you only become old in it by not paying attention to what's cracking okay i want to ask you guys to do something ray don't kill me okay i want you guys to name your top five each producers from the 90s just okay, the 90s and it. producers only. I'm going to let him go. I don't have one. I got it. <laughs> I got it. He don't go. Know. Well, I have it, but I just would rather. I, I, just know, I just know it pisses people off, so I want to have some, put some real thought to it. It goes, in, it goes in this order for me. Oh, he got the order and everything. Oh. Um, I shouldn't call it an order because he's top three. All of them can be number one. So I'm just going to give it an order. All you guys are number one to me. Yes. And it starts with L.A. Babyface, Jimmy and Terry, and Teddy Rock. They are the, all of them are number one because they ran the 90s. That was J.D. List, too. Yeah. JD, I, I think that was that was his mark. So and then I'm gonna go and then I'm gonna go JD after that because he did crisscross and he did all the things that he was on there popping about. He really did it. I just ain't never popped my collar like that. I need to get on there and pop my collar. Say <laughs> <laughs> who can you compare me to? I'm like oh shit. I, hey, that was incredible. It was, it was amazing. Thank you JD for that. <laughs> um, so then I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Jermaine Dupree and then I'm gonna go. Um, she's top ten, right? No, top, top five. five. Top five. Okay, I'm gonna go. Um, I'm going to go with the guy. I'm going to go David Foster after that. Mm. David Foster, for all y'all who don't know, did Through the Fire. Who bro- That broke Kanye, mm-hmm. right? So the original song is um, um, Chaka Khan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? So Through the Fire. That's that's David Foster. He also did yeah. After the Love, after is, love gone, is Gone. Right? So And then he did Whitney's Bodyguard album. Mm-hmm. But then he did Chicago. He did album. I Have Nothing. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's cold. He's one yeah. of the coldest. So, so I'm going David Foster right up there. Matter of fact, David Foster... I'm sorry, Jermaine. David Foster is after the top three, and then there's Jermaine Dupree, and then um, let me let me forget. That's who five. This. No, it's not. It's Teddy, Jimmy, LA Terry, Terry, Jimmy, Terry. That's three. Teddy Riley, Jimmy, Jimmy, Jam, and Terry Lewis, Face, JD, David Foster. That's four. That's five. It's five. Is it? Okay. <laughs> there it is. That's my. Five. <laughs> I was gonna let you get a little honorary no, mentioning. L.A. Baby Face, Jimmy, Terry, Teddy Riley. Right, David Foster, Jermaine Dupree. I wasn't gonna say nothing, but you know, <laughs> yeah, Jermaine Dupree kicked it off with. I mean, he was he was a kid, yeah, doing jump, and I remember being as excited about that as I was excited about, you know, um, New Jack Swing. All that was popping at that time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's my five. Ray, you got a list for me, or you gonna sit this one out? Um, I just I, I just want to sit this one out. I want to. I can't think like I I would have added. I would have said face, in um L A. I would have said Dallas Austin. I Dallas said, next. Dallas, Dallas Austin. Uh, I would have said uh, uh, Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis for sure. I would have added Timbaland because Aaliyah came out in 94 mm-hmm. and Timbaland was producing Aaliyah. And I ain't going to lie, 
to this day, I'm sorry. To this day, nothing. To this day, nothing is better than. I messed up. Can I give you my final answer? No, I'm saying. Hold on, hold on. It's hard. I'm telling. I messed up. It's not for you. It always looks easy. It should be ten. No, it's not ten. It's five. No, no. Let me give you my five. My five is this. Only three people get a medal. L.A. Babyface, Jimmy and Terry, Teddy Riley, R. Kelly. But what the fuck? <laughs> How y'all gonna leave Bump and Grind and all that? Listen. I'm sorry, you can't. He's the greatest songwriter of all time. She says producer though. That's why he's a like, producer. He produced all of it. Yeah, I know, but he produced it all. I know he, he likes to try to stick. No, when you say producer. He wants somebody that. No, he produced no, 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 everything. No, 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 no. I'm just saying, like, I don't think R. Kelly consider. I don't think everybody, anybody the referred to him as a Celine Dion. I think R. Kelly is the best. Probably songwriter okay, okay. of the last then, then, fucking then if, if you want to take thirty years, I don't think nobody's better from nineteen ninety on to to today, and he ain't had a hit in years. I don't think there's nobody need, better than our. I need I need six because I can't leave out Dallas Dallas Austin. <laughs> so Dallas is six. Yeah, there we go. We're gonna leave it at that. We can't leave him. Yeah, out. Dallas Austin is incredible. Yeah. He coming on the show by the way. He hit me. He the one hit me like, how you gonna be? I need to come. He need to come. Wait, come. before we go, you owe us a Tupac story. I'm not going to let you get what out you of here. Do, what you need on that? No, you, you told us last show that you had a Tupac story for us, and we ain't get it. No, we so. never got it. Yeah, we ain't get it. Much. So, yeah, y'all was I don't know what it was. I don't know. Did you have a Tupac story? We didn't get one on the last show? No, you There's told no us. Tupac story? You said you that you would give us one, but you got cut off because you started telling another story. I was going to ask you, give me your craziest studio story. You can say the artist's name if you want, or you don't have to. You was like... Like, what the fuck am I doing here? Oh, the craziest story. I, th- I think one of the craziest rooms was after Tupac was shot and we all ended up at death row. And sh- you had Snoop. It was a bunch of blue on one side and a bunch of red on one side. It felt dangerous. That's why he's going to die. What? It felt <laughs> super dangerous. Not a room I want to It was crazy. You know, it was, it was crazy. And I never felt crazy like that ever in any of them sessions or anything like that. But that felt crazy. It was tense. I don't want nothing to do with that. Okay, so I'm going to ask you. I know you answered this, but I want to ask you myself. Do you consider yourself a goat or underdog? Absolutely. Which one, goat or underdog? Goat. And why? King. <laughs> I ain't goat. King. Which you the king of? Music. King of music. Yeah. Period. King of the creative. Let's go. Free, king of the creatives. Yeah. Do you have a... You know why? Because I'm here to give back to the creatives. King makes you... You got to be willing at some point to give back and help. I'm all about helping. I'm all about putting what I know and giving back and, you know, doing it. In that Who's way. your favorite artist to work with? In my life? Yeah. Michael Jackson. Man, he knew Michael Jackson. He's not going to give us no Michael Jackson stories. But he's giving, the, I've had the best Michael Jackson stories from this guy right here. Some funny stuff happened. I can't believe I'm not mm-hmm. <laughs> Okay, so my favorite artist to work with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think there's there's levels to it, right? I'm gonna give you a few. I'm gonna okay. tell you why. So I'm gonna go with you. Go give you the top five artists you enjoy working. I'm gonna with. go. I'm gonna go Chris Brown mm-hmm. because it felt I watched it. I didn't even know it was gonna be as big as it was gonna be from the first album. The second album I knew because we watched him perform at Clive's um, annual Grammy party. Well, he jumped, well, and he lit that thing on fire. Yeah, I was at, there that night. Yeah, 15 years yeah. old, and I said, okay. So that's when we came up with. That second album, which we did most of. You did turn up the music too. That I was on the second album. Music. That was no, that was five albums in. Okay. So so we um so that I, that that's that to me I felt like he was this generation's so, Michael. So Chris Brown. Chris Brown, and then let's go Justin Timberlake. He actually he had, he as a writer and as a musician he made me rip better in the session in the, in the few sessions that I worked with him. 
He's super talented. He pushes. I'll be playing one thing. He's like, let's do this. So he's super creative. So I felt like he had he had magic about him that I didn't really get to, um, you know, get experience. And I think one of my my um, I can say this now because LA confirmed. I think one of my 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 bucket list, who was one of my favorite singers on Planet Earth, is Usher, and being able to work with him. I'm working with him now, so that's. Um, that's a blessing to oh. me because you imagine having everybody's plaque in the world and you don't got to usher right. nothing. So By the way, usher's the most humble he is superstar I've ever been around. Yeah. And I just I believe that he's singing wise nobody can beat him singing wise. Yeah, he's got that. Yeah. So um, maybe Mario. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. he he'll, he'll get he'll get Mario the business. Nah, not singing. I don't know about that. Him and Mario neck and neck. I don't know that little tiny desk Mario's performance. One of the best did. Mario's one of the best male okay, singers. I gave him a hit. I know. I, I could. No, you did. How could you? Yeah, oh yeah, I'm sorry. But finish your list. Usher. So, so Usher's my Chris favorite. Brown. I'm um, so, and then um, Justin Timberlake. Beyonce would be number one. I'm gonna tell you. What, what you doing, Beyonce? Dream Girls. Oh, okay, no. listen, listen. Okay, okay. So, um, Grammy for listen. By the way, um, <laughs> or a BDA album, a BDA album. The B-Day album. You don't be down. Listen, they put it on there. Okay. Yeah. Along with um, the Dream Girl soundtrack. Okay. So Beyonce was the kindest, sweetest. She never had makeup on. Absolutely. Jay-Z don't send nobody after me, but she was absolutely <laughs> gorgeous, but no makeup on. And she came there every day, kind. And then we had another person who worked, another one of the other Dream Girls. She wasn't even a star yet. Had the worst attitude ever, but Beyonce was kind every day. She was on a um, cayenne pepper diet so she could mm-hmm. make sure she stayed fit for the gowns. Mm-hmm. It never was angry. Was always sweet. Came to work. Came. She was the biggest professional ever. For me, I try to tell people, how you gonna be an artist if you can't get your weight together? If you can't get this, I watched the, one of the biggest stars in the world keep it together in my face and remain kind for thirty days straight. So I'm gonna say, artist wise, the next one I'm gonna say Eddie Murphy. In Dream Girls, and I'm gonna tell you why. He didn't talk to us for three whole days. He came to the studio, he would play the guitar, sing on the mic, didn't really talk to us, play the piano. He was getting in, um, what is the actor's do when they get in um, character? Character. It took him three days. And after the third day, he had us dying every <laughs> single day. He was, he's a genius. Like, people don't even, this, he should be respected because he can play piano and play guitar and do all these things. He's really gifted. Really get the person. All right, so I want to thank you for coming back, and I know that this is probably not be back our way last more. time. We didn't got to the funny shit. Yet. No, we ain't got to. Oh yeah, we just, we just why we didn't laugh a lot surface. today. We didn't. You want me not to laugh? I like that though. That yeah, was yeah. good. Yeah, we're a little this, bit yeah. better. You got, you got, you got. Cool. We had the thing off. You got lightweight mad at me over Tiffany <laughs> Friend. I love. <laughs> that. No, no, no. I didn't get mad. No, I'm just saying, like, yeah, that's your no, no, friend. I get it. Nah, it's not that. It's just, it's just. I feel like a problem with our community and the creative community is that we attack each other without understanding the position that well, each other is in. You know what you should in. do? We should get us on a thing together. Let's I agree. Oh, boy. I agree. Yeah. She would love to. Because, yeah. you know, I, but, and I don't always agree with everything she says, but I respect the fact that whatever she says, she stands on. And to me, yeah. that's what I like. I like people that stand on their shit. Yeah, okay. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. 
Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, Information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.